Is it them? Oh, now we're recording. Okay, here we go. Is it me? Is it them? Is it our culture? Did we do enough pizza lunches? These might be some of the questions rattling around in your brain when you're faced with high turnover rate. So today we're gonna dig into the reasons why. This is The Culture Clinic, where my co-founder Joe and I are constantly learning from HR experts on how to build a culture where people love to work. Hi, I'm Skay, and I'm one of the co-founders here at Gusto. And today I'm joined by Shelly DaCosta, an HR expert in the rewards and recognition space. Hi, Shelly. Hey, Skay. Let's get into this week's topic. Why is your turnover rate so high? And so the first question I have for you is, what would cause you, Shelly, to leave a job? Oh, wow. Um, and I think that's a really great place to start because I think that's what HR people should do is think about why they leave jobs. And so therefore, why are their employees leaving? You know, um, for me, it's, it's often been, if it wasn't a, I wasn't a good fit with, with the leader, with the organization, basically the culture. Um, usually it's a result of change in leadership, direction, something like that. Some specific ones might be, you know, a lack of opportunity to grow and learn, because that's always been really important to me is that I'm constantly learning in my roles. And so if I felt like there was no place to move on to, that would be a big one. Can you share a story of, you know, a point in your career where you actually kind of left an organization? Well, I think there's a, a couple of them. You know, if um, new leaders came on board, a new leader directly that I was going to report to, um, you know, and you want to give it time, you want to kind of work with that leader, you want to make sure, you know, you're being heard and that you feel like you still belong and are a valuable asset. Um, and when that's not connecting, that's not happening, you start to think, oh, I don't, I don't fit here. I'm not being heard. And all these ideas I have to improve or to make things better are now, you know, kind of falling on deaf ears. Um, so I've had, I had one of those situations and I, I've often had that situation where I turn around and say, okay, well, I can't learn something from this leader that I thought I could, but maybe I can learn something else. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like it or not, there's times where you're learning as much from poor leaders as you were from really great <laughs> leaders, you know, kind of how not to be or whatever. Um, and other times it's been, um, a clear one where, the organization didn't um, have the depth of, let's say, rewards that I was looking to, you know, roll up my sleeves and lead in the in an organization. And so I would have to make a, a massive career move in the organization to stay with that organization or go seek leadership and rewards in another organization, which is what I ended up doing. Because that that was the position that you were in, and and so you needed an organization that kind of believed in investment in that space, and, and exactly investment in that space, and and kind of did those things, you know. So if you're in compensation, let's say, and that's what's really floating your boat, and what you want to work with with employees and types of compensation, et cetera, and that organization doesn't have any incentives, uh, you know, doesn't have sales incentive, doesn't have bonus programs, doesn't have, then, then it's kind of hard to really dig in and learn and grow and, and implement those kinds of things if that organization just isn't structured that way or isn't going to do that. Uh, at other times, it's um, the, not just a leadership change, but it could be an acquisition or a divestiture of the organization. So now there is uh, not just your leader changing perhaps, but the senior leadership and culture of the organization has changed. You've been bought by an organization where the culture fit, that's not a company, you know, you might've even interviewed with that company in the past and said, mm, they'll want to work for them. And now suddenly that's who you're working for. 
And so you're making those tough decisions around, oh, do I want to, you know, give it a go and, and try? Or, you know, if all the signs point to, no, this isn't going to have a future, then you make you make that call to, to lead. Yeah. When I think about um, kind of reasons that I've uh, kind of left organizations in the past and, you know, I've got a, a pretty kind of short, young career before we started getting into kind of being entrepreneurs and starting our own companies. Um, but there was obviously kind of uh, the reasons around kind of growth opportunities. Um, I think, you know, something else that's really important is being able to um, see a measurable impact. And so yeah. being able to kind of like see both in terms of kind of like how, what, how you're progressing towards your goals, but how those goals are kind of impacting like your team, the department, the company. Yeah. Um, if you're no longer making a difference. Yeah, totally. Um, I think another one is, is just fair pay. Like if people don't feel like they're being kind of compensated, they don't need to be compensated at the 90th percentile of the market or whatnot. But if they're at the 25th percentile, they're like, let's be honest, like people are going to go and kind of look for for a job where they can they can make the 50th percentile or kind of what they they feel they're, um, they're worth. Um, Recognition, like let, let's talk for a second just about recognition and, and companies that kind of lack recognition. Like, is this not kind of like a key thing to kind of keep people from from leading the organization? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, recognition as part of the, you know, your total rewards philosophy, or I always like to say, you, you, you know, you really have to look at um, what's your employee value proposition, Right. And, and recognition is part of an employee value proposition. It's part of, you know, the contract you're making with that employee. You do this, we'll provide you with this. Right. And it goes beyond just engagement. It goes on to the culture of the organization. Right. And who they are, what they believe in. That's that's really big. But it can also be as simple as recognition in that I don't feel recognized for the great work that I'm doing. I don't think people are acknowledging it or rewarding it or hearing about what I did and seeing what I did. So so like you said before, is you might leave because you don't have an impact, but you also might leave because the impact you're having isn't being recognized. So you kind of want to go where somebody's, you know, applauding you a little bit for the hard work. So what are some causes of high turnover that companies might miss? Well, I think first of all, I think companies have to kind of get their heads around turnover and what it means. Because sometimes there's positive turnover. I was just to say like in, in the public sector, sometimes it's good to have some of that turnover as opposed to employees that are lifers and staying forever. So you want some of that. But at the same time, there's also roles that will inherently have high turnover, right? And so you kind of need to look at that. Sometimes organizations have a, what we call feeder roles or entry level roles um, where it's important for them to to move on and, and, you know, come into the organization, learn that role and then move on as opposed to just stay in that forever. What you want to do, though, is it's important to have them move on, but perhaps not leave the company. So what are the opportunities for those feeder roles to stop them from being turned over somebody leaving the organization as opposed to now going on to the next best thing in your organization? Which goes back to, like we said, one of the, the you know, a cause of high turnover, a cause of why I would leave is there is not that opportunity for me. I can't see what the next opportunity is or where my career is going to go in this organization. 
But you also want to look at specific problems with a team, a particular leader, maybe even lack of transparency. So they don't know that they are actually a hypo and uh, and are, you know, the next best thing. The, the leader's not communicating. They don't feel recognized. Um, they don't know what's going on or how well they're doing. There's, you know, a lack of the feedback, the performance mechanisms, all of those. Uh, or they don't know where they fit uh, or what are the opportunities for them in their fu- future. Just to kind of like dig in here a little bit, like, like think back, let's kind of look at a few use cases. So uh, Ikea, you worked at Ikea and um, a lot of kind of uh, frontline retail staff there. Were there any kind of moments in your time there where you were like, holy shit, like we didn't see this thing that's causing this kind of turnover um, uh, either at a specific location or kind of across the board? Ikea is a tough one when it comes to turnover because we were notoriously very low. And I would attribute that. So what can I learn from that is attribute that to that key engagement, the key culture, like people, you know, signed on and they were lifers uh, and they wanted to stay with the organization. Uh, So very, very low turnover, even in entry level positions and stuff. And again, they always made it clear that you could come on board, come on as a student, be a carts person. And the next thing you know, they were telling you a story about the carts person that became the manager. And next thing they were a store manager. Next thing they were sending them to Sweden to help design furniture. Like it was just, it was that you could always see a future for yourself at Ikea. So as a result, they continued to, and at back in the day, you know, have very low turnover. Um, a little bit different would have been a company like uh, BlackBerry, where we might see, you know, even though we were for a while growing and then drastically reducing in in, in staff, um, when we would have glut of like turnover, we would lose intellectual property, right? We would lose knowledge that was going that high tech organization. That stuff was really really critical. Um, and then, of course, the, you know, the downsides are the time to fill the roles, the cost of the vacancies, having to recruit, having to train, having to hire, bring people back on board. And what would happen, too, is you would have a domino effect. So if you lost a key player, they would come hunting for the rest of their team. So you would literally have a key leader leave. And two days later, you'd hear, you know, the exits of five more of their staff because where they were going to do a new startup or something else, they wanted these great people so, you know, BlackBerry had trained to come along with them. So that was a huge cost of turnover that we had to be aware of. Yeah. And that that probably doesn't get calculated in the initial cost of turnover, right? Like, nah. I mean, let's double click on BlackBerry here for a second. But like, what what would your team kind of attribute as kind of a, a cost of like an employee leaving? Like, was it kind of one-time salary, two-time salary? Oh, easily could get up over one and a half to two times salary. Like, I I mean, because, you know, if it was a higher level position where we were having search firms, you know, executive search firms try to fill that role, what had been the recruitment process in the first place to bring that person on board? Like, what had those costs been? And now that's all out the window. And then, uh, you know, if, if they left on their own, okay, but if they took other staff, you've got that costing there for all of those vacancies, lost time, production, you name it. Like, you know, we were always trying to get the Blackberries out the door, the latest model, the betas, checking on, like, it just it, in that kind of high tech, high industry, it's so the volatility and the high turnover, it, it just, uh, it's hard to put a price on it because there's so much happening. 
Yeah, I had never actually kind of included that in my kind of calculation of turnover, right? Like the cost of of an employee taking other team members with them. Or they they don't take them with them, but they take their heart and soul. So in other words, you know, because because they as the leader was wildly, you know, uh, respected and really, really great. So that leader leaves, but, you know, three of the team members can't go. Uh, location issues or tied in, whatever it is. But now they're disengaged because the person that recruited them into the role that they wanted to be, uh, you know, an employee, they wanted to report to that person. That was why they came in to work every day. Now they're gone. So there's a cost there. You've got the cost of disengagement of the other employee. And so how would you suggest going about identifying the root causes of high turnover? Well, I think it's that that whole um, dig in deep and, and try to, you know, find out what's going on to, to zero in. Look at, um, is it certain roles, is it a particular team or a leader, um, compared to other organizations. So maybe what you think is high turnover is actually kind of common for the market or the industry right now. You know, um, it may not be as high as you, as you think. But then look at your engagement scores. If you're doing engagement surveys or pulse surveys, those kinds of things. Set up focus groups, um, exit interviews, uh, maybe even Glassdoor will, you know, lead you down a path that you can kind of zero in on and do some interviewing and find out what is happening. Um, and, you know, look at the other side is just like check. It's almost like a checklist of what are you doing around your employee value proposition? What's keeping employees here? Um, but what is encouraging them to leave is the really scary thing. What is, you know, the, that that's causing them to pick up the pick up the phone from the handhunter, I always say, right? Um think about why you've left jobs in the past, like we've talked about, right? Um, and quite honestly, money's rarely the case. It's often an outcome, right? Uh, but it's rarely the case that they go looking. It's more often the leadership, the lack of feeling uh, welcome in the organization, lack of feeling that they can have an impact and are doing great work. It's, it's usually those things why somebody leaves. And then as a result of it, they negotiate more money to the new role. And when somebody says, well, why'd you go? Oh, I got more money. But that wasn't why, as I say, they pick up the phone. It wasn't the last straw. It's usually often linked to the leader or linked to the culture or linked to a, a, you know, a huge lack of engagement. There's some interesting things um, these days about checking in on what safeguards and support systems you have for your employees and what are they going through. So, you know, COVID and crisis and pandemic is a really good example of that kind of thing. Um, Do you have employee assistance programs for employees that are, you know, in a wellness crisis or a health crisis or financial crisis? Uh, Because they say that those things, even divorce rates, apparently if you've got an organization with high divorce rates, you're going to have some high turnover. They've actually created a, a link there because you're at a major crossroads in your life and it causes you to go, oh, well, I, you know, I might as well quit my job too. Like it's just, it's all in there. So, so it's a great time, you know, when you're trying to dig into what's the turnover going on in your organization, it's also a good time to just kind of look at what are your safeguards? What if you got to keep employees there if they are or are going to go into crisis? Yeah, something that... Um... <clears throat> I think a lot of companies can benefit from is is not waiting until employees are 
absent from work or or even kind of uh, leaving the job and doing sure. interviews, but but doing the stay interviews, right? Like why are people, why are people staying here? Like what 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 is working? Um, and then you know I, I know something that our HR team is constantly trying to kind of get better at is just with the engagement surveys and whatnot, being very transparent with the team about the results that we receive and and how we are going to action on them, like what we are able to do and what we are not able to do because we are resource constrained, right? And then and presenting that roadmap to the team. So what have you seen kind of be the most effective things that companies do to improve retention? So a lot of them I've, uh, you know, it's that sending employee value proposition, what's keeping them there, what's encouraging them. A really great idea is when you do have someone leave, especially if it's a senior leader, go in and talk to the rest of the team, talk to their team members. I had a great experience once when a senior leader who had recruited me into the organization left. And so that team, the CEO came and spoke with, we all had one-on-ones with the CEO who talked about why that person had left, what was, you know, kind of behind it, but also a lot of reassurance. You know, you're still really valued in this organization. We hope that you will stay on despite the fact that this person has left. You know, it's it, this is uh, actually an opportunity for you to now do this and do that. And how are you feeling? You know, it's a little bit of love and care in a situation where it could be quite volatile. And so I think, you know, the, one of the best things people can do is to zero in on those areas where they think they've got the high turnover, try to sort through what is going on there and what is happening and you know put some love and care in there go in and and talk to the employees let them know where they fit what their opportunities are if they're a high performer and you don't want to lose them let them know right look at your retention look at your recognition programs when was the last time that person was recognized for you know being there uh you, you know there's already, you can move to stay bonuses and all those kinds of things. And sometimes those can be drastic measures, but you may need to in terms of an acquisition and things like that, where there's been such a massive culture change and you want people to kind of stay the, stay the course for a while. Right, right. So this is kind of, uh, I mean, nothing that we've dealt with here at Gusto kind of doing a, a stay bonus, but during uh, like a big merger or acquisition, this is kind of a, a common thing to do. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, one of those ways of, because not that somebody couldn't, you know, dangle something out there and buy them out of a retention or stay bonus, but it's that message that you're important enough to us that we'd like you to, you know, stick around for the next year or the next two years. And at the end, because it's going to be tough, right? Your your boss might have left, the culture's changing a little bit. We're going to have some new shuffling around of people. Uh, you know, the brand may change a little bit, et cetera. Uh, but we'd like you to be along on that ride for us. And so therefore, we're going to offer you this X dollars that you will receive at the end of that first year. So, and, I think, and, I, and, you know, in there, they may decide to say that might be great. You know, and and I think that you highlighted uh, kind of culture as a like a key component there and and community. Right. And and you think about um, how how much better the work experience is if, if somebody feels connected with their colleagues if they have a friend at work, right? And and so it, as an organization, anything that we can do to help people kind of connect on a personal level, and this is where kind of um, recognition programs, especially like peer-to-peer programs can play such a big impact because people can actually form supportive relationships um, by using kind of the, the recognition tools. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It helps them, you know, it really helps them feel like they belong uh, because uh, things, you know, things like even even poor diversity and inclusivity programs can lead to high turnover because people don't feel they belong. They don't feel like they fit. Often HR professionals will identify reasons for high turnover and they'll have plans for kind of how to address this, but they might kind of face resistance from leadership. Do you have any kind of strategies on how to tackle this effectively? It's a tough one. You know, it's it's like so many of the HR initiatives kind of like, oh, well, we'll look at that when we really have to or when it's a you know burning platform. So you really got to be clear and transparent with your communication. Um, you have to be able to present that impact numbers. You know, what's the impact of turnover, right? What it means to the organization and in a way that the senior leadership will understand and can buy into, right? So if it's just, you know, oh, we could, might have some unhappy employees, it might be, yeah, but everybody's unhappy these days. That's what's going on. But it's like, no, unhappy employees could cause this and then it could cause that. And, you know, your key people over here, the ones that are driving this and getting you your numbers and doing all the great sales, et cetera, they could leave. What's the impact of them leaving? What's the cost of having to go out, recruit that or losing the intellectual property that's up in that employee's head um, or their team? Right. Those are those are big. Like you said, you know, you never think of, wow, this could cause an exodus. This one person leaving could cause more of that. So, you know, those things you all have to bring to light and you, you have to kind of present the worst case scenarios. And depending on the culture of your organization, you, you go after what's going to hit. So, you know, in financial services and insurance, you're going to go after risk because what's the risk if we lose that person? What's the risk to the organization? What's the risk to our customers, et cetera? You know, I, I feel like this is one where leadership should perk their ears up, right? Out of out of a, a lot of kind of HR initiatives that might be um, more difficult to measure. Um, this is one where kind of it, it, it is painful when somebody leaves the organization and, and maybe, maybe for, especially in larger organizations where they might be kind of like a little bit removed, right? Like think about kind of well, Ikea might be a bad example here because you have such good retention, but um, uh, uh, retail environment where turnover is high on yeah. kind of the, the front lines, leadership might be kind of removed from the the people that are kind of, you know, on the front lines turning over. So we have to find a way to kind of um, connect them with that and connect the dots and, and connect the pain that the store manager is feeling. And hey, you know, you know that district um, manager or regional manager that you love, you know, if we had 10 more of them, how much better would this organization be? Well, what if we had none of them? Because we might kind of, well, that's what's happening at our stores here, team. So, so kind of connecting the dots there for them. Um, Yeah. Like I got asked Shelly by someone at some point, they were like, you know, who, you know, the, the question was around kind of like, are your people kind of like your biggest asset and you know we're, we're strong believers in it like yeah. we're people kind of first organization um but for for other kind of ceos that that might um be running organizations where um it's different asking the question like you know kind of like who's your top performer right yeah. and they might kind of name somebody and then um asking them like well how much better would the organization be if we just had like a hundred people like this 
Yeah. And they yeah. go, yeah, well, it'd be amazing. And then it's like, oh, well, okay. So you do believe that kind of people are your biggest asset. Exactly. Exactly. And and I think, you know, HR analytics is is just such a huge, impactful, you know, item. It's, it's I, I strongly believe in the senior leadership team, even the CEO getting that regular data, like a, a amount of their time should be spent reviewing the data that HR is able to give them around things like turnover, around things like performance, around, you know, all of that. So, you know, it's like last month, we lost these 20 employees. This is who these 20 employees are. This is where they worked. This is what they were doing. And, you know, those 20 employees, these three received a recognition award every single month. These three hit our numbers on da-da-da-da-da. Like, like that impact of you realize what turnover with those employees means to the organization. So they've got their pulse on what is happening, which makes it so much easier than for HR to say, yeah, and they all are in this team or they're all in this department. So we got to deal with something going on here. This seems like, you know, and we've done our exit interviews and they're all pointing us to this leader. We've got to change this leader. We've got to move on this, right? It, it helps if you draw that picture, but it all comes from those analytics that you're able to present to the senior leadership team. So they get a taste for exactly like you said, what's yeah. happening and how critical are these people to our our business? The other thing that would kind of really sting as kind of like a, an executive team would be highlighting, these are the specific people that left and this is where they've gone to go work. And some of these places yes. are, are competitors. Like this is, yes. this is a big problem for the business because they're taking all of that knowledge to, to the, to the competition. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. Great, great takeaway there, Shelly. Um, okay. Well, this has been great, Shelly. Thanks for, for all your tips there. Uh, I think we got some really, really good insights from you. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on the next show. Great. Thanks gang. If you want to create a culture that no one wants to leave, check out culture is the ultimate advantage. It's our free guide on how to create an environment that attracts, engages, and retains your people. Click the link in the description to get your copy. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to follow us so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to recognize somebody for a job well done today. Mucho gusto.